0: what is going on everybody it's your boy nightmare Kr back at it again with another podcast ladies and gentlemen of the jury folks of the republic this is an emergency you can't make this shit up folks i mean the 15 minute cities have begun have absolutely begun and we're gonna kick it off in the independent news with the first american 15 minute city folks and I understand people are like, no, nightmare, that can't be real. You got to be joking. But, folks, I was just in Phoenix, Arizona. I just saw the 15-Minute City myself in Tempe, Arizona. I just saw it with my own eyes. Folks, <laughs> I used to live there. I saw when they started building the 15-Minute City. But, folks, I'm not going to waste any time, folks. This is not going to be a loyal show. But we got to kick it off with ExposedNews.com. All right, folks. Got a couple stories for you tonight. Let me see: one, two, three, four, five, six. I got six stories for you tonight. But we gotta kick it off in Tippie, Arizona. So, a Tippie, Arizona neighborhood has been named Culvasac and is America's first example of a 15-minute city—a vision of the world economic Forum and the globalist cult who are pitching the concept as being more environmentally friendly. Instead of seeing this development as a dystopian nightmare. Uh Kovacac residents appear to be thrilled at their new way of life do they have any idea what they have in store for them a 15-minute city is a smart city in an urban environment with an obvious presence surveillance and data harvesting technology that will monitor and record even the most intimidating personal details of every individual having it the global goal is to collect the data of every individual and will know What they eat and drink, where they go, what they buy, who they meet, what they think and feel, their opinions and habits, their health, vaccination status, etc., etc. In other words, every little detail. And as the often quoted Noah Yoharari has said, those who own that data will know you better than you know yourself. Yet, this all encompassing surveillance has been justified, as we are told that it will be essential for the future of the planet, and to save it from climate change. They also guarantee it will make your life more connected, safer, healthier, and it looks like the Kovac residents have bought the idea. A 12 News report promoted the community as helping with sustainability, which includes them giving up their own vehicles as Kovac is the first community in the nation to be designed around car-free living. But instead of being unhappy about this, the report showed a covid employee who seemed to be thrilled about the alternative transportation provided in the neighborhoods due to gas vehicles being prohibited from the area. You can't make this shit up in a horror film, folks. You cannot. I was just there. I was just there over the weekend, folks. This is a real place. I'm not even joking. The employee told 12 news residents can own one a car as long as it's not parked on the site. Can you imagine living on top of your grocery store? The employee asked the news outlet, what's the appeal of living on top of a grocery store asked the People's Voice who say that, of course, the development will be used to publish similar agenda 2030 nightmare neighborhoods across America. A more recent report by NBC News promoted the car-free community to a national audience talking with Kovacet co-founder Ryan Johnson who claimed every generation, including 90% of Gen Z, would like to pay more to live in a walkable neighborhood. Do they know where their walkable neighborhood is really all about, though? While they may be thinking that it's like a scene from the 1950s movie with white picket fence and all, or at its worst, it would be more like akin to Nosedive, an episode of Black Mirror. However, as the creator of Black Mirror states... Is satire on acceptance and the images we like to portray and project to others. And he says it is basically the world we live in. Folks, you can't make this shit up. You cannot. You cannot make this shit up. I wish I was fucking joking. But you can go to Tippie, Arizona yourself. Take a flight. Go to Covasat. You will see it for yourself. It's absolutely disgusting. And I will have a link to this article in the description below. You have to look at this yourself. You can't make this shit up. This is why I told people. This is why I tell people in the Monero Computer. Anybody in the privacy sector, I keep telling you. You're not gonna be free. You're just not. You're gonna be surrounded by people that enjoy this shit. You can't make this shit up in a horror film. You cannot. But anyway, folks. Let's get into the 15-minute city. So according to Stop World Control, every aspect of life in a smart city will be monitored by a widely uh, variety of data harvesting technologies. Smart lights, smart poles, smart cars, smart neighborhoods, smart homes, uh, smart appliances, smart energy, smart transportation, and many other smart technologies. Together, they will form an omnipresent surveillance grid, continuously collecting all information about every little detail of your life of the people. So smart cities create the internet of bodies. Let's get into that. These external smart devices are being synchronized with devices that are directly connected to the human body, like smartwatches, on our wrist or smartphones, in our hands. These devices are able to gather information about what's happening inside of our bodies and even have the ability to alter functions of human body. In the near future, they will be implanted inside the human body to collect even more data and have a lot more influence on what's happening inside of us. The personal information gathered by these billions of devices worldwide from a network called the Internet of Bodies or in short IOBs, currently we are all familiar with the Internet of Things which allows us to access unlimited information about everything. The Internet of Bodies of course will essentially be the same except it will gather all the personal most intimate information about everybody this data will be in the hands of global corporations governments banking cartel etc a smart city limits your movement oh folks this this article gets even better in order to make sure that everyone remains within the parameter of data harvesting movement in smart cities will be limited to 15 to 20 minutes from the home this concept has coined the phrase 15 minute cities and is being promoted as the best idea ever for saving the planet for climate change. Everything you will need will be made available within a short distance, so no one ever needs to go beyond that parameter. Folks, there's a movie about this. It's absolutely disgusting. For longer distances, a permit will be required. On top of this, 30% of all wilderness areas will be closed off as encouragement for people to seek their happiness inside the smart cities, instead of venturing into the majestic outdoors. Virtual virtual realities are being created as an alternative to spending time in nature. Examples are the metaverse and all its alternatives. Again, a wonderful idea to save the planet. Lock the world population up inside smart cities where they enjoy life in a virtual realm. There is zero privacy in a smart city. You damn right it ain't. The World Economic Forum wrote an article on Forbes.com to describe the experience of a citizen in a smart city who praises it as a heaven on earth. How come we never thought of this before? One of the characteristics will be that no one will own anything. Everything will be shared. Homes, cars, tools. I mean, wait a minute. Everything will be shared. Homes, cars, tools, cars, even clothes. At the end of the post, the citizen expressed one concern about life in a smart city. Once in a while, I get annoyed about the fact that I have no real privacy. Nowhere I can go and not be registered. I know that somewhere, everything I do, think, and dream of is recorded. I just hope that nobody will use it against me. All in all, it's a good life. Folks, I remember reading this article in 2016. This is a dystopian fucking nightmare. You cannot make this shit up, folks. And this is why I keep trying to tell people. This is why I keep trying to wake people up and let them know and understand. You cannot make this up. There's no way to win this. There's no way to win this unless 8 billion people wake the fuck up. This is absolutely disgusting. Let's continue. The central nervous system of Smart Cities will be 5G. According to former Chile president, Sebastian, 5G is not only able to read our thoughts but also but but can also insert thoughts and emotion into everyone. He stated that it will become the central nervous system of society. He guaranteed that they will make sure it reaches every home in the country. Interestingly, all streetlights and smart cities are also connected to 5G antennas. No shit, folks. Oh, folks, we're not even halfway through this article yet. We still got some more things to talk. So smart cities harvest everyone's data. Why do you want everyone to live in smart cities? And what is their motivation behind recording every little detail about all of us? The answer is given by Israel professor, Yoav, Yovan Noah Harari, who is advisor to the World Economic Forum. He explains the new master of the world will be those that own the data. The wealth of today is no longer gold or oil. It is data. The more data a corporation, government, or banking, banking cartel has about the population, the more power it affords them. Smart Cities will be an unprecedented way to use humanity as one massive herd of data cows. And this is what Max Eason has been telling you. We're nothing but fucking, we're in a fucking, uh, we're in a farm, folks. We're in a human population farm. That's what we are. So personal data will be milked from us all day long and even while we sleep. Apart from gathering tremendous amounts of data, these technologies also allow for levels of control that are unheard of in previous civilizations. A former Silicon Valley engineer is sounding the alarm that smart cities will essentially be open concentration camps. You damn right. Here come uh here come Nazi 2.0. Uh, by giving them your data, you give them the ability to monitor and assess your behavior, which can now be converted into a social credit score. The, at, that score is then used to determine what privilege you qualify for and which one you don't in the new slave society. And we know about social credit scores and things like that. Social credit scores is already being deployed in China during the 2020 pandemic. Many nations implement the first steps toward a system of control. Digital IDs, digital currencies will be at the center of this grid. When people disobey or criticize the system, their spending will be cartel. Access to basic aspects of site will be blocked. Again, this is happening again in China, which is testing ground for the rest of the world. Will smart cities edit the human genome? Yes. A a concerning fact about smart cities is that all streetlights are LED lights, which have the ability to manipulate the human genome. Gene expressions can be turned off. Or on with LED lights, which can also activate mRNA inside the human body. Scientifically, studies document these facts about about online, which begs the question: Is this why authorities insist on injecting all humanity with mRNA technology that can be activated through LED lights? So, folks, that's pretty much the end of the article. But my goodness gracious! And people thought that the Constitution or the Bill of Rights was going to stop this from happening. I told you, folks. I tried to tell you. I tried to tell you years ago that this is not going to stop. This is not going to stop. This is not going to stop. They're going to continue to fucking do this until everyone in the world stands up and says, No, we're not going to live in in 15-minute cities. We're not going to do it. We're not going to fucking do it. We're not going to fucking do it. But like I said, folks... I told you, Tempe, when I was in Arizona, before I left, I told you this was coming. I fucking tried to tell you. Now look at it. In fucking Tempe, Arizona, where I used to live, now has a 15-minute city. What did I tell you? You just fucking can't make this up. But folks, we're not even done. That was one article. We still have more surveillance to go through. So the acquisition of AI, surveillance, firms, signals, major expense of real-time, citywide... Monitoring, a greater access to resource mean a faster of controversial surveillance tools in major cities. Folks, they're building these freaking smart cities globally, globally, where you can never leave. And they're doing it right in front of your face. Citywide surveillance systems... Interactively linked to law enforcement are becoming increasingly common, promoting a civil debate on the balance between public safety and personal privacy. This phenomenon is not confined to a single region or a political regime. It spans across continents, cultures, and legal frameworks. Take London, for example, often labeled one of the most surveilled cities in the world. Its network of CCTV cameras have played a pivotal role in solving crimes, including terrorism-related cases. However, this blanket covers also means that Londoners live with an almost constant sense of being watched, leading to concerns about a society where privacy becomes a relic. In Beijing, the situation takes on a more Orwellian tone. Surveillance here extends beyond crime prevention, intertwining with Chinese social credit score this integration allows for an unprecedented level of control over citizens' behavioral facial recognition technology at the forefront, such as Scenario raises profound questions about the state's ability to monitor and shape the lives of its inhabitants. New York City domain awareness system a collaboration between the NYPD and Microsoft immobilizes the sophisticated use of technology and surveillance. This system merges data from various sources, including CCTV cameras, license plate readers, Why it launched for its effectiveness in crime prevention, there are apparat, there are apparat, apparations about racial profiling and potential violation of privacy rights. The advancement of surveillance technology, especially facial recognition and artificial intelligence, adds another layer to privacy debate. The accuracy and bias of the, of these technologies, particularly in identifying individuals from Minority groups have been widely contested. Furthermore, the enormous volume of data collection poses significant risks regarding data security and potential misuse. Advocates of extensive surveillance argue that these systems are Indispensable for Maintaining Law and Order. They cite instances where surveillance footage has been critical in cracking complex cases and throttling potential threats. However, privacy evidence counter this view, highlighting the risk of constant monitoring. They argue that it is not only infringes on individual freedom but also fosters an atmosphere of mistrust and fear, particularly stifling free expression and dissent. The expansion of citywide surveillance linked to law enforcement thus represents a critical issue at the at the intersection of technology, law and ethics. Onyx, so far best known for making police body cams and sometimes deadly taser guns through the company, though the company never admitted direct correlation, is expanding its business to incorporate AI tech based surveillance. This is now happening particularly with a view of retail and health industries, but also whole cities, including technically improved video surveillance, of place of worship, event. Uh, venues and residential communities. This was spelled out in on Press release on its site. In the wake of this drive, giving, getting new momentum with the acquisition of surveillance company, uh, Fuss, do not expect uh, a rebrand of the company original name, which was none other than Cap Lock and all, Taser, to treat this as anything but better protecting the whole city, towns, and communities. The AI component of poorly specific type is there also, according to the company, to expand and deepen the performance and capability of real-time crime centers. RTCCs are the fruit of the surveillance labors of the newly acquired FUS and there to let law enforcement analyze a wide array of video sources at a single point and apply AI that detects objects and people as reported by as report published by Vice put it, and it didn't take long to draw a parallel between that Fusion Center, spanning some 250 cities, counties in the U.S., is already doing the Homeland Security Department, DHS, via its intelligence gathering sharing Fusion Center. Before Onyx bought Fusion, the numbers around the acquisitions are kept secret. The two were already cooperating since 2022, but Onyx giving Fuzz access to content from body cams and drones. The big picture painted here is particularly grim as far as privacy, but also data security and possible constitutional right violations are concerned. A major manufacturer of controversial surveillance hardware is now in control of a software side of the business that processes data gathered in that way, and one that already has very close ties with the government, i.e. the DHS. And now the thing is expanding beyond law enforcement into what looks like a comprehensive government mass surveillance effort. So Whitfalls, hospitals, schools, retail stores, house of worship, event, venues, and residential whole cities and towns are better protected and importantly can contribute to greater safety for everyone. And while tight and real-time control of whole cities is certainly a wet, dystopian dream for any democracy and civil rights wise, sketchy to say the least, government, those who don't like the idea are calling it a mission to surveil America. Electronic, uh, Frontier Foundation, EFF, is pointing out that FOSS already had its tools deployed in South Africa for a while, and in the process, getting accused of their output, aspirating inequality there. A now clearly discerned trend across the tech, hold on, against the tech industry. This is another example of countries in the so-called global south being used as test beds for potentially oppressive tech tools, that eventually make its way to the U.S. And the mass surveillance industry were private companies and law enforcement intersect to use a ubiquitous instead of, say, collusion is well aware of its bad reputation. That's to be deducted from the fact so many of these companies that keep acquiring and slash or merging, renaissance of how Big Tech grew to be what it is, also keeps rebranding. Tech Dirt notes that Notes this point while reporting about Honest latest move or comparing it to ShotSpotter's expansion through acquisition moves and the pivoting into predictive policing. ShotSpotter was a little too on the nose, so the company became sound-thinking of all things. And its acquisition target, Geopolitical, once was called something very unplatable, uh, uh, PredPro, as in predictive policing. What a world we live in, truly an unshot, no pun of these seemingly consolidated movements between private and state surveillance entities in the U.S., such as actually being able to locate a violent criminal in real time, are quickly offset by the many drawbacks, not least because, very specifically a tech dirt notes, these scenarios are not even mentioned. Things like real-time across to private cameras, nor what legal standards will need to be met to give the government the ability to peer into very private places. Data retention, a major damning component of both surveillance state, lack of presence or transparency, and opponent arguments of the entire visit is also not addressed, or at least not up until this point. So ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> if you thought that Tippy Arizona 15-minute city was going to be a problem. Folks, this is going global. This is going global. I told you, they're going to use artificial intelligence as evil. Absolutely evil. Now, I do know there are people out there that will build artificial intelligence and wealth for good of humanity. But, folks, right now, artificial intelligence is in the hands of evil fucking tyrants. Period in the story. But, folks, we got more to talk about. We got to talk about my freaking friend, Saddest Flutes, state of Colorado. So Colorado bill empowering attorney general to study online misinformation sparks free speech concerns. Another state wants to start studying online speech? Are you serious? Civil Liberties groups have First Amendment questions. So let's get into this. So controversy proposal that, that dictates $150,000 to a Colorado attorney general led study on online disinformation and misinformation sparked animated discourse centered on the challenges to free speech. This move was accompanied by criticism concerning the Bulgarian implementations of a proposed legislation, particularly in the light of the Colorado financial situation. The recent advance uh, Senate Bill 084 approved by the Senate uh, Judiciary Committee in a 3 to 2 vote places a mandate on the Attorney General to develop innovative, encouraging, and respectful engagement. While researching web-based information, uh information and practices. The Attorney General Office is expected to furnish the legislative body with studies results by March 1st, 2025, which will subsequently be leveraged to determine whether to press ahead with proposed legislation. Upon deliberation, both Colorado Springs Senator Bob and a predominant Republican and the Committee Chair Julie, a Democrat, uh, voiced concerns regarding the proposed sheer cost of $150 Thousand dollars, but Gonzalez's concerns were only about the money, not the potential threat to free speech. Gonzalez ultimately threw her weight behind the policy, voting in favor along with the fellow Democrats and pushing the bill to your appropriation stage. Conversely, the pair of Republican members on the Judiciary Committee cast their votes against the initiative. Senator Lisa of Evergreen, spearheading the bill, highlighted the urgent need to investigate deliberate. Disinformation. Operations allegedly conducted by foreign actors within the US. Foreign actors in the US. Okay. Carter stressed her commitment to the first amendment and dismissed concerns about potential infringements, stating, I believe deeply in the first amendment and it protect and it and its protection for individuals to be able to speak their mind. I agree with you, Carter. I agree with you, Carter, for sure. One hundred percent. People should be able to speak their mind and just deal with the consequences as it comes. But anyway, folks, moving on to Maine. So, Maine school backtracks on using fingerprints to track students. Parents have privacy concerns about growing biometric surveillance in schools. So, ladies and gentlemen. Following our recent report in the face of mounting criticism from parents and the American Civil Liberties Union of Maine, a plan to utilize biometric technology for student attendance tracking by Caribou High School has now been dropped. Thank goodness. The shell project involved the deployment of Identity Metrics, a fingerprint detection software Produced by a Pennsylvania-based company, the software was aimed at bolstering student record accuracy and circumventing issues tied to missing student ID cards. Originally brought to the family's attention on January 24, 2024, through a letter sent by the principal uh, Jamie, the proposed system involved students placing their fingers on a biometric scanner. The subsequently- Identification data was to be stored for use in various school administration applications, specifically monitoring students' attendance. Superintendent Jane sought to clarify, especially in response to increasing concerns about privacy invasion, <clears throat> the software was not like fingerprinting system employed by law enforcement. McCall stressed on Wednesday the identify metric system does not store actual fingerprints but utilize biometric data solely for identification and attendance tracking within the school's environment. However, she concealed that the school would revert to manual attendance taking models after taking into account the uh, apprehension of the school's community. Further, McCall announced that there was a lack of clarity regarding the purpose of the system which was essentially to augment it. Uh, Mint safety procedures for students, especially during the emergency situations. She also said that school administrations were looking into alternative methods to maintain an accurate record of student attendance. Despite the withdrawal of the plan, ACLU of Maine voiced its intentions to continue its pursuit of information about identify metrics and its connect to RSU thirty nine. Samuel, ACLU of Maine, Communications director, said on Thursday, we hope to learn more about the tactics tech companies may use to market to schools and how they manage students' most sensitive information. Crankshaw <coughs> added that the organization Public Records Request is aimed at revealing how such tech companies operate in Maine to keep the state schools and parents well prepared. So there you go, folks. So they were going to track and trace these students at this uh, main school, but luckily the parents said, hell no, uh, that's an invasion of privacy, absolutely fucking not, I'm not going to allow you to do it. So thank God this main school did pull back, but uh, we're going to keep our eye on this, folks, because uh, we know they're going to bring this back eventually, probably for misinformation and disinformation, but we'll see how that goes, but anyway, folks. So we got fact checkers back in the news again, folks. So we got studies pushed for fact checkers to be rebranded as confirmationists. Oh, Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> Jesus Louise, man. How did we go from like the internet being a, 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 a just a forest, you know, just getting lost in the forest, the online digital forest, to now we have fucking gatekeepers all over the internet. I mean, how the hell did we even get to this point? Oh, that's right. The uh, first pandemic, the uh, COVID pandemic, and quote-unquote all the disinformation and misinformation. That's how we got here. All right, let's get into this. So a study published this month in Nature looks into how reframing a fact checker as a confirmationist helps those behind this activity increase engagement with their output. What's... Turn correction of information. Jesus Louises. In other words, what effect does different framing as confirmationist or refutation have on the likelihood that people will share, like, or comment on the handiwork of fact checkers? According to the paper that includes research done in four South American countries Argentina, Brazil, Chile, and Colombia. The increase of engagement with reframe fact checks is statistically significant. Responders were given Facebook posts edited to express their to express either confirmation or refutation as samples to react to. The primary purpose of the study is to find out what motivates online users to spread information that has been fact checked. In other words, how to up the level of such engagement. People select to take part in surveys where Given a chance to engage or not, but ultimately the same conclusion, only phrased in two ways, positively or negatively, i.e. that something is true, thus framing a good information, or that something is false and so misinformation. Even more persistently, the methods fact checkers can use to disseminate the results of their work are either confirmations frames that replace misinformation with accurate information or refutation frames created to warn social media users about the content tagged as misinformation. The first option is supposed to boost sharing among users, while the other is there to boast censorship. According to its authors, the study findings are that people prefer the confirmation frames version Moreover, confirmations. Also appears to have a smoother effect on users as it results in a reduction of self-reported negative emotions related to polarization and the purpose of the study was to figure out the best way to help those designing policy interventions aiming to amplify fact check exposure and reduce effectively polarization health-related misinformation and harmful speech are cited as being of particular interest in this context the research came across as proponents of fact-checking Referring to it as the first line of defense when it comes to misinformation. And then the question became how to spread the results of those checks as effectively as possible. The study author believed that the result had significant policy implementations and conclude that fact checkers aiming to expand their posts as REACH would likely benefit from more frequent use of the confirmation frame. So there you go, folks. There you go. They're gonna change fact checkers as confirmationists. You can't make this shit up in Hollywood. Film. You fucking can't. You cannot. You cannot. And people are so distracted on Monero being removed from Binance. <laughs> you can't make this shit up. You cannot. You know, I'm I'm happy to see our friends in that community and all over different communities. You know, not. Uh, focusing on the things that are happening behind the scenes, but it's very important that I continue doing this podcast because this needs to be shared, folks. You can't make this stuff up. You cannot. You cannot. As everyone's distracted by everything else, this is what's going on behind the scenes, and this is why I do this podcast every week. But anyway, let's get to the final freaking news of the night. The United Kingdom, my favorite place. peer grilled the government about the counter disinformation unit which spied on lawful speech by government critics the government has been taken to task over its secret censorship unit let's get into this so the issue of how freedom of expression is protecting the uk as the country's government works to combat what is considered to be disinformation was somewhat examined during a recent uh what is that uh parliament debate one of the players brought up is the counter disinformation unit now renamed as the National Security Online Information Team, which news reports say has ties to UK intelligence agency? Not what the government representative are spelling out, however. The unit notably combated disinformation in the past by spying on government critics, despite their speech being lawful. Speaking in the British Parliament this week, Lord Strasburger. Have this question for the government. What steps are they taking to protect freedom of expression in the course of their work on combating so-called disinformation? Liberal Democrat is the chair of the Big Brother Watch Civil Liberties and Privacy Group and made reference to this during the debate. The response of the Strasbourg initial question came from Viscount Camrose, the prime, the parliament honors, uh, secretary of state in the department for science, innovation and technology. Camrose claimed that freedom of expression underpins all the government's work on tackling disinformation and brought up the Online Safety Act as something positive, in fact, upholding those rights. Strasburger then went into the counter-disinformation unit activity, which he said got exposed for trying to prevent legitimate criticism of the government by MPs, journalists, academia that were personally targeted during the pandemic resulting in a government having to issue an apology. And now this member of House of Lords wanted to know what has actually changed other than the name of the unit and why does the government refuse to allow the Intelligence and Security Committee to oversee NSOIT's activity. Cameron was then focused on not being aware of a government apology of the renaming being done to better reflect the unit's purpose rather than say a rebranding trick of a tarnished agency but did not address the issue of the supervision of the NSOIT work. He also insists that the NSOIT doesn't in fact target individuals particularly, as he put it, not journalists or politicians. Camrose and his government colleagues were then asked by Bronos to pen a letter to Strasbourg and other affected by what she said was Big Brother Watch, suggesting that during the pandemic, politicians, journalists, and civil society Campaigners from across the political spectrum were personally targeted for critiquing the government's handle of the pandemic. That actually happened because I reported on it. Camrose agreed to this request and went on to claim that NSOIT's sole purpose is to look for a look for at scale attempts to manipulate the information environment, rather than go after individuals. And from Lord. Kurt Hope questions about how this very interesting unit is uh is comprised and who are the members of the unit and from where did they come from? We heard this. The unit comprises civil servants who sit within DSIT, Department for Science, Innovation, Technology, and it occasionally makes use of external consulting service. It adjusts its size and membership from within the DSIT team according to the nature of the threat at any given moment. Another interesting question popped up during the debate. Who checks the fact checkers? This was Cameron's Cameron Rose response. A part of the, civil's, uh, the civil service NSOIT would have robust internal measures to verify and check its own work. And indeed it reports regularly across governments to ministers. Folks you can't trust anything the government says. You really can't. I mean, these answers are absolutely asinine. Absolutely asinine. Oh, well, they don't spy on people. They don't spy on people? Are you serious? <laughs> are you joking? Like, how stupid do, the, do does the UK Parliament think these people are? Like, are you fucking joking? I'm sure they have fucking black SUVs outside these people's houses. Fucking snipers on the goddamn roofs. People with binoculars looking through windows and shit. Like, are you fucking joking? Probably using thermal fucking uh, radar and shit to track these people. You can't make this shit up, man. You just fucking can't. But folks, I can't get over this fucking first 15-minute city in the United States. I, I can't get over this. I really fucking cannot. I cannot get over this. And I was just fucking there, folks. This is a real thing. I wish I was joking, folks. I wish I had taken pictures. I wish I had fucking taken pictures. But you cannot fucking make this up. You fucking can't, ladies and gentlemen. You fucking can't. It looks like a dystopian nightmare. I just was fucking there. It's a dystopian nightmare. I knew Tempe was changing, folks. I saw it. I saw it. I saw Agenda 21. I saw all the cities in the United States who were part of that. Phoenix was one of them. Tempe was the other one. I know New York City is a part. I know Buffalo is a part of it. I think Albany is too. And my hometown of Rochester is a part of it as well. So, folks, this is happening. 15-minute cities are happening, folks. No doubt about it. 15-minute cities are happening. Absolutely asinine. You can't make this shit up in Hollywood, film. That's why they're draining the shit out of our fucking river here, where I live currently in, in upstate New York. This is why the river is freaking drying up. Because they want everybody out of my town out of here. They want us back in the city, so we can fucking be under surveillance, monitored, surveilled, 24-7. Fucking probably changing our fucking moods and shit. That is why I believe most Americans are fucking stupid, now that I realize. That they are fucking manipulating the shit of our thoughts and shit like that. Because these smart cities can send fucking signals and fuck your mind up. It's absolutely asinine. You can't make this shit up in Hollywood film. You cannot. You can fucking not. But, just on a pivot real quick. The reason why I was in uh, Phoenix, Arizona because I was at a noster event. It was absolutely amazing, folks. Noster Phoenix is absolutely awesome. You cannot make this stuff up. Noster is a great decentralized platform. Definitely should check it out. Um, you can download the Primal app on the Google Play Store or the iOS Store. It's absolutely amazing. Absolutely worth your time. You definitely want to be decentralized. You're definitely going to need it, folks. As we go through the rest of the 2020s and into the 2030s and 2040s, so you're definitely going to need Noster. Get on Noster. Get off of Facebook. Get off of Instagram. Get off of Snapchat. Get off of Twitter. Get your ass on Nostra. It's an amazing, amazing app. Very community-centric, decentralized. You own your own freaking private keys. It's absolutely amazing. You own your own data, period. But anyway, back to this. Folks. <laughs> Folks, I, I, I just don't know what to tell you anymore, man. I really don't. You're running out of time. That's all I'm going to keep telling you. You're running out of fucking time. You really are. You gotta stop, man. You gotta fucking stop, ladies. You gotta stop LGBT. You gotta cut this shit out, man. You gotta cut it out. You gotta understand, man. You're being played. You're being played, men. You're being played, ladies. You're being played LGBT community. You're being fucking played, man. Your government is playing you. You are fucking being played like a fucking flute. Straight up. They are lying to you. They are literally lying to you. Literally lying. This is why I don't understand about the crypto space. I don't get it. I don't fucking get it. How the fuck do you not notice this shit is happening? I mean like you can't make this up. you're like you can't, you fucking can't. It's absolutely disgusting it's disgusting. and the fact that people in Tempe actually like this that live in this fucking place called Covasack it's like w- w- like are you fucking joking like why, why, why? Isn't Kovacsak was in the fucking cartoon Ed Ed Nettie? You cannot make this up, folks. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? And these are grown adults saying they like this. They don't... You're not allowed to have a gas car in there. Like, what are we... What in the hell is going on here? What is happening? Folks, I swear to you I feel like I'm in a matrix, man. Please put me on the real world. Put, take me back to Mars. Please just take just take me back to Mars. Take me back to my home planet. Mars must be my home because there is no way. There is no fucking way that I belong to this earth. There is no way. There is no freaking way. Like, oh my God, man. Like, I just... <laughs> I fucking can't, man. I fucking can't. This is why I can't take the Monero community seriously. I can't take most privacy advocates I can't take seriously. I can't fucking take you seriously, bro. Wouldn't you allow this shit to exist? Alright, I'm done. I- I'm getting off. This this podcast will be available at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 a.m. Pacific. This is your boy Nightmare Chaos signing off, folks. I will be back On Saturday night... For the crypto... And Xbox gaming news... I I just can't man... I really... Fucking cannot believe this shit... Like I was just there man... I saw my own eyes... I wish I would have took pictures... I I can't believe this shit... I I fucking can't... I can't... I can't... I can't... And the fact that Gen Z... Actually... Wants to live in a city like this... Well... There's a reason why Dubai is building that fucking wall. There's a reason for that. There's a reason why they're building that long ass wall in the middle of the desert. In uh, the United Arab Emirates. There's a reason for that. And people are going to sign up for it. They really are. You can't make this up man. You cannot make it up. I can't believe how easy people are manipulated. But like the article says. They can use smart tech to manipulate your mood. Change your mindset. Fuck your body up. But anyway, folks, I'm done now. Peace.